Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. Let's give a hand to the Lord. The Lord is good. I'm glad to be here with you guys sharing the word. You may uh, take a seat. And uh, what a wonderful God we have. What a wonderful good news uh, I've, I have been receiving this week from uh, many people here from church, uh, people sharing the gospel to others, people having the opportunity to share the gospel to both individuals and group of people, um, and people accepting the Lord Jesus in their hearts. What a wonderful thing. Amen? So, um, let's give a hand to the Lord for that. Hallelujah. God is good. People being saved. And um, just gonna want you guys to um, just look around you, say hello to one or two people. Um, it's so uh, good to be together worshiping the Lord. And um, yeah, I don't want to take too long <laughs> to start the, uh, the message. Today, I want to talk um, about, um, well, the, the title of the message is Don't Look Behind. I want to talk a little bit uh, of, about how a Christian shouldn't look to, to his past or what he or she used to be before being a believer, because there is consequences in that. Amen? So I want to start today with, with a, a story that we all know, right? Or probably almost everybody knows. And I want to start um, reading just one verse because I want to make it uh, short. It's Genesis 19, 17. And we, we know the, the, the story of, of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. We all know what happened there. How sin was so much or, or so heavy in, in, in that city that God said one day, you know what? I have to destroy this city. Like, there is no other option. I gotta just destroy not only those two cities, there were actually even more cities around that that were destroyed. But um, there, was, there was somebody there that was stopping God of destroying the city. God said, I'm going to destroy that city, but I can't until somebody that is there, that is important to me, is away from the city. That, that speaks uh, to my life because, yeah, we know that this world is going to get to an end. Yeah, that at some point that the world will be destroyed and we'll, we know what, what is in the book of Revelations. But that cannot happen until, people, until God's people is taken away. Amen? Hallelujah. The, the Lord has saved us. The Lord has a plan for us. Destruction is not for the people of God. It's for the world, those that refuse to, to live for God. 
So the name of this guy was uh, Lot, right? We, we know that he was um, Abraham's nephew and that uh, at one point he was together with, with uh, Abraham, but they have to s divide the land because they both were too rich and they have too many sheep and they have, and so at some point Abraham said, hey, choose where you want to go. And Lot saw the valley and he said, I'm going that way. And that's how he came to, to, to live in, in Sodom. So Genesis 1917 says, So it came to pass when they had brought them outside, this is two messengers of God, that he said, Escape for your life, do not look behind, uh, behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the, mount, the mountains, lest you be destroyed. And that's the consequences when a believer leaves the world and we look back and we have a desire to go back to the world and, okay, I don't want to live for God anymore. This is not for me. This is not working for me. Only destruction is what you're going to find behind you if you look back. Now, I want to I wanna make a little parenthesis here. Because how, how these this two cities, or, or let's just, to make it brief, talk about Sodom. How did this city became such a sinful city? Was it that many, a lot of, of people gathered together and they said, hey, you know what, let's Let's build a city where we can all sin and, and commit all kind of, of things again, against God? Or was it that, hey, many some people just decided to build a small town, build a small town and with the time progressively the town started to, to get bigger and bigger and sin started to get bigger and bigger? I think that is the second option. It was something progressively, right? Why do I think that? Because I can see that God was waiting for them to repent. I can see that God was waiting and at, that at some point they will stop. But I can see that the, we can say the levels of sin were just going higher and higher and higher. And it's the same thing that is happening in this world. So I was doing some research online of course about okay how how is how how come the, the world progressively is becoming more sinful and more sinful and even worse worse and worse and worse and i found something uh, this is like a, a political theory or or a theory that speaks about politics on how the the, the rulers can control society without people knowing. And I don't, I don't care too much about the, the rulers of the country. I don't really, I don't, I don't care too much about them. But what's behind them that we notice that is the devil controlling them. That we know that our battle is not against flesh. It is against the devil. And I can, and I can see in this 
theory that is called the Overton window. The Overton window. window. And it speaks about, um, like I was saying, how they can turn something that was not accepted into something that is accepted. From unacceptable to acceptable. And, it, and this process can take years, many times decades, but it's a way to introduce laws and, and new, yeah, we can say new laws or new things or, or how to destroy values in, in the world progressively. So the first step or the first point in this is something unthinkable. Right? Maybe Sodom started, and, and yeah, uh, this, this uh, city was, is pretty much known because a lot of, of homosexual people was there. And from, even from the, the youngest to the oldest, men and women were involved in this kind of practice. But maybe when they first started the city, when, they, when first they founded the city, this thing was unthinkable to do. They never planned that to happen, right? Okay, this is unthinkable. This will never happen to us. But then some people started to say, oh, but we, we are homosexual. We like people from our own sex, whatever. I don't know exactly how it happened. I'm just using my imagination. And then they, be, they became unradical. So they went to the second step from unthinkable to radical. We have rights. We are being discriminated. We, have been, we are being um, rejected. We feel bad about this. This is not correct. We, you guys have to accept us the way we are, whatever. So the Third step is acceptable. Okay, you guys, sure, go, go ahead and, and, and do it, okay? Just go in and do it, but um, maybe do it uh, in secret where nobody knows what you guys are doing. We don't want to see it. Just, if you're going to do it, do it away from us. So it becomes acceptable. Now the third step is sensible. Now these people, they start to say, I feel offended, I am depressed because I have to do my sin in secret and I want to I wanna do it in public. I want everybody to know that, uh, who I am. And, and, and they start to, to push it because they're depressed for this, for this rejection. So then they become popular. Wow. This is cool to do. Yeah, I, I am receiving people's love. I am being accepted. I, am, I, I feel cool. This is the, the, the ultimate thing that is going on now. And then everybody starts to do the same thing. Until finally, it becomes a policy. It becomes a law. Yeah, it is, it is totally legal, you guys can go and, and, and do your, and commit your sin without a problem and the law will protect you. But the same thing works 
uh, to the inverse, right? Something good can be made from a policy to unthinkable. I can give an, an example in here. Maybe, I don't know if they had schools, but let's say in Sodom they, they have schools, okay? And the kids, the kids, it was a policy at school that the kids will pray every morning before starting the classes. It was something, it was a policy. And I, I don't know if you're in Canada, but in Colombia it used to be like that. Every morning, it was the rule. We will pray before um, starting classes. You, you couldn't say no. It was a policy. But then somebody comes and says, we shouldn't be doing that. I don't believe in God. I don't want to pray. I, uh, or I don't want my kids to be praying. I don't think we should force them. Uh, this is, uh, I don't know, this is against my rights, whatever. And that thing becomes popular. And then it becomes sensible. I am offended. I feel bad. No, no, this is totally wrong. Kids should not pray. We should let them grow up. And once they are whatever, 21, 18 years, I don't know, that they made a decision if they want to pray or not. So it becomes acceptable that kids shouldn't pray. Then it becomes radical. Okay, if you put my kids to pray every morning, I will start to sue you, to sue the school. I will put you in prison, in jail, and it becomes radical. And then finally, we go back to the first step before, unthinkable. Kids praying at school? That's crazy. That no, 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 that, sh that will never happen. Kids will never pray at school. And I can see the, how the enemy, uh, by, by these steps, can or is actually destroying the world and making this world worse and worse and worse. For, for the world, they think everything is, is going better and better. But according to the scriptures, we can tell, oh my goodness, Jesus is coming soon. Amen? Jesus is coming soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, back to the message. Or back to, to not to the message, to the story of, of Lot. So, Lot and his family, it was, that was his, his daughters and wife, were asked by the messengers of God to leave the city as soon as possible. Because God was going to destroy the city because of the sin of its of the people in the city, its in, inhabitants there. So they only received a word, right? They received the commandment to leave, but they still had the option to obey or disobey. They still have the option to say to the to God's messengers or, or to God itself, "Hey, you want, you know, I don't want to leave. I'm happy." in here, or I don't believe that's going to happen. I don't think the world is going to be uh, destroyed. And that's how many, not Christians, how the worldly people think. No, 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 no. God doesn't exist. The world will never be destroyed. The book of Revelations 
is, is just an imagination story from somebody, I don't know, whatever, an imaginary story. But, um, but thank God that Lord, even having the option to say, no, I don't want to go with you, God, or I don't want to save my life, he said, hey, you know what? I want to leave. I'm going. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Ciao. Adios. He left the city. Now, um, he, the, the Bible says that he was rich. Like, I'm sure that it was not going to be an easy decision for him uh, to live because, hey, I'm living, all, I'm living behind the work of years. I've been working for years to, to, to have all my riches. And, and I have all my possessions, and I don't want to just leave everything behind and start all over. I'm sure that he struggled. I'm sure that it was not an easy decision. But finally, he said, this is the best thing that I can do. Live everything and save my life. And this is the same attitude that as believers, we should have. Now, I'm not saying that you now have to go and sell everything you have and, and I don't know, go and build a church or whatever and start a church. I, I am not saying that, right? But where is your heart? Is your heart on all of, of our possessions? Are we, do we, um, in, in case someday God comes and says, hey, I want you to leave everything because I'm going to destroy everything in here. I want you to go. Do we have that heart to say, yes, my Lord, I will do that. Yes, my Lord, I recognize that all of my possessions, you have given them to, to, uh, to me. And you have the power to say when I should just leave them behind. Just to give an example. Now, um, I want to make another parenthesis in here. Because many people would question Lot because he was living in, in Sodom, right? Many people, it's like, what was this guy doing in there? If he was there, it's that he was happy, and uh, no, nobody forced him to, to live there. He made the decision to go and live there. If he wasn't happy, why he didn't leave? I'm sure, this is what many say, not me. I'm sure he was participating of that. I'm sure he was in total agreement with that. If he was there, it's because he was accepting uh, people's, the, the, the people's sin in that city. And it sounds logic, yeah. If, if we really want to go and judge, if we really want to go and, 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 and think in a radical way, that sounds logical, but it's not what the Word says. Actually, the Word of God says that Lot was being the most miserable person there. Even though he was rich, he was not happy with all what his eyes had to see in that city. With all the sin from, from, from the people of that city. He was not happy at all. He was, I'm sure that he wanted, probably he was thinking, oh, I, if I didn't have all these possessions in here, I will leave immediately. So I know that he was struggling from time from a long time ago, if he should leave the city and leave everything behind or not. 
Where is that? Second Peter, verse, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 7 to 8. It says about God. And God delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their law lawless deeds. So by no means we can say that Lot was being happy living in Sodom. And that's when what happens when a real believer is still attached to the world. We go back to the world, go back and, 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 and live in, in the same things we used to live. We will never be happy. We're not going to be happy. Why? Because a real believer has the Holy Spirit always in, in, in his heart, in her heart, saying, this is not where you should be. I don't want you to be here. This is not the correct place. So Lot knew from long time ago that was not the correct place to be at. But we cannot say that he was happy there, that he was enjoying life there. He was being miserable, and that's what's going to happen to us if we decided to go and live in the things of the world. And according to the things of the world, once the Lord changed our hearts, we're going to see like, wow, this is crazy. I don't want to be here. Now, in another sense, yeah, that's what happens to us. We don't want to be in this world. I want to leave. If you ask me, if there was a train that will take me today from earth to heaven, I'll go. I'll go. Hallelujah. Let's give a hand to the Lord. I will go. We don't want to be in this world. Because the things that you have to see, oh my goodness. No way. I don't want to be in here. Right? But, like I said, the day will come. The Lord knows that. Not that we have, not, I don't want to say we have a miserable life. No, I know that we have joy, peace, love, grace, favor, mercy, everything we need. But, the, but in, 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 in a sense, yeah, our soul has been afflicted because of the things that happen in this world. But the day will come that the Lord will say, okay, it's time to go because destruction is coming. And I see, or for, for all the things that I see in the world, I don't think that is too, too far away. I think that that's happening soon. I don't know if it's a year or 10 years or whatever. I don't know even more, but I can feel in my heart is soon. Okay, I close that parenthesis about Lot. And then back to the story. When they finally decided to, to leave, um, actually Lot's um, um, sons-in-law, they did not believe Lot when he said we should go because the messengers are, um, or God is going to destroy the city. They laughed at him. They thought he was a clown or whatever. And he said, okay, I'm taking my daughters and I'm taking my wife and I am leaving. Goodbye. But apparently his wife 
did not have the same heart or the same thoughts that Lot was having. Apparently, she was saying, this is crazy. Lord, why, why are we doing this? We cannot live behind our possession. That's crazy. Why God didn't give us enough time for us to at least take all of our ship and, and take all of, our, all of the little or big things that we can take with us? I don't know if she was thinking about her jewels or about, I don't know, money, cash that he, she had under the mattress. I don't know. But there was something in her heart that was willing for, for, for Sodom to, to be there or for the things of, of Sodom. So the, the, the commandment was, escape for your life and do not look behind. That was the condition. If you're going to escape, escape, but don't look behind. Don't look back what's going on. Just look forward. Continue your way. And this is speaking to me that once we become believers, we have to always walk forward looking the Lord. Setting our, our mind and our eyes and our faith in Jesus and not caring what happened in the past or what's going on with our old life or the things we used to have. Just continue walking and save our life by faith in Jesus, by obedience in his commandments. So Genesis 19.26, just to make the story short, it says, But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Or basically, she died. What a terrible thing that happened to this, um, to this lady. She was supposed to save her life by escaping out of the city. But at the end, she lost her life. It was the same of if, if she would have stayed in, in Sodom. Anyway, she was going to die, right? So why did she walk, I don't know how many kilometers, to finally die? It was better just to stay in Sodom. If she, if she had a, a desire to stay there, hey, you know what? Just don't go. But yeah. There will be people that will start the way on salvation and that they will seek the Lord. But at some point, their desire for the things of the world will be bigger than his or her desire for the Lord. And as soon as we look back, only destruction is waiting for us. Now, um, I don't know about... 3,000 years later, or probably more, um, Jesus was already here in, in, in earth, and he was, you know, preaching the gospel and, um, you know, working miracles and, and all these healing people, all this what he was doing. 
And then in Luke 9, uh, verse 57 to 62, um, we have kind of Jesus making a kind of a reference to what happened in, in Sodom. Not in a direct way, but somehow talking about this. The, the title of the message in some Bibles is, you know, before verse 57 says, the cost of discipleship. I don't know if you have that in, in your Bible, but this is the New King James Version, and they have a title there, the cost of discipleship. Verse 57 says, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have the air, the air have, and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So there is people that saying, hey, Lord, you know what? I want to leave everything to follow you. But the Lord said, hey, you know what? Sure, but I need to tell you something. I don't have, I, I, I can, I, I, I am not going to guarantee that you will have a mansion, that you will have a better place uh, than the, the place where you used to live, whatever. Right now, here, I left everything in heaven and I came to earth without nothing. If you want to follow me, follow me the way I am. If you're going to love me, love me, even though probably or possibly you won't get all these material things. There's a cost of following Jesus and he's leaving things behind. Then, verse 59, he said to another, now this is Jesus telling another person, you follow me. But this person said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Was his father dead? No. Was still living. The guy wanted to go back home, wait for the daddy to, 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 to die, get his inheritance, claim his money that his daddy was going to uh, leave him, and then go follow Jesus? Yeah, of course. It's easy to follow you, Jesus. Don't worry. I have a million dollars in my banking account. If, you, if, if I want to pay for a hotel, if I want to uh, pay for this and that, I will do it, but I need to wait until my dad dies. So Jesus said, Verse um, 60, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. That's, again, Jesus saying, don't depend on, on the things of the world, on material things. Go and preach the gospel. Obey me. Live for me. And I will provide, and I'm sure that, that all of them, I'm sure that all of them always had a place where to sleep, and they always had food because God is our provider. I think that in, in verse 58, God, uh, Jesus was only um, testing 
their faith, testing their hearts, right? Just filtering who was really believing in him and who wasn't. Now, um, verse 61 says, And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them uh, farewell who are out of my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, um, like, I have, I have never used a plow that I remember. Like, not a real one, like in a farm or something. Can you imagine just pulling it and looking behind? You're going to fall. You cannot do that. You need to look forward. You need to know what you're doing. You need, if you're going to pull it, okay, look forward. Don't, don't pull it looking behind. That is impossible. You won't make it. We got to look forward to the Lord. We've got to seek the Lord's face. If we are believing in him, there is nothing that we can look behind us. It's always looking forward. Now, um, now there's another verse that I was like, ah, should I put it or no? Ah, and I said, okay, let's put it. And it's Luke 17, 32, because now Jesus is, not ma is now making a direct reference to this lady. And it's a very short verse, but it's, I guess, I, I, I can say somehow it's terrible. It says, remember Lot's wife. I don't know if that's, well, I don't know what to say about this. But basically, it's Jesus saying in here, whenever you feel like looking back, whenever you want to disobey whenever you believe that what I can give you is not good enough remember Lot's wife remember what happened to her that is sad that wow of this lady we, we, we have not even the name we don't even have her name but she's very well known, known for what she did, looking behind. So now we can see that, yeah, Jesus, of course, he knew what was happening in Sodom. But he was preaching to these people about what happened in Sodom. Saying, hey, remember the story and remember this lady who did not trust me who did not obey me, who had a desire for these things in, in Sodom, and look what happened to her. She tried to save her life, but she lost it because she didn't believe in me as her Savior. And the Word says that whoever tries to save his own life, he will lose it. But those do, that lose their life or give their life to Jesus, those will really be saved. If we try to save ourselves, it's not going to work. But if we trust the Lord to save us, not only from hell, not only from the destruction that is coming, but from any single situation in our lives, any single small or big bad situation, 
the Lord will save you. The Lord is with you. We gotta trust Jesus and have faith and wait. Bible says that if we wanna obtain the promises of God, we need two things. This is only two things that the Lord is asking from us. Number one, faith to believe that he's going to do it, and then patience to wait for the promise to become real or for the miracle to, to, to come. Amen? Now, um, like I said before, yeah, Jesus is asking us to leave everything behind, but is this meaning that, okay, um, I'm not going to care about my family anymore? I don't, I don't care about my dad anymore. I, shouldn't, I should just live home, go and preach the gospel and never come back home and forget about my friends and forget about everything. That is not what the Lord is saying. The Lord is talking more about the influence of the world in our lives. It's more of a, where, where your mind is at, your, your mindset are you always, um, or are those things, or the desire for the things of the world, is that desire over your desire for the Lord? Do you love those things, or do you love the things of the world more than the things of the Lord? That's what Jesus is trying to say in here. So it's not like literally you have to forget about your people, your, your family. Colossians 3, uh, verse 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right, of, at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. We got to set our mind. Is where our heart is. So again, it's not that like, like you won't talk to, to, your, to those family members that are unbelievers. Oh, you're an unbeliever and I, I cannot talk to you because Pastor Nathan said I shouldn't talk to you. That's not what the Lord is saying and that's not what I'm saying. It's about the influence, the influence that the world can have in you. In us, I mean, we are in the world, but is the world influencing us or are we influencing the world? Is the world changing us or are we changing the world by the word of God? Um, I, I can give an example of how the world thinks and what's the difference. Just an example, the difference between the world and God or the things of the Lord. The world says love is love. Love is love. So anything that, is, that involves love, even if it's a sin, it's okay because it's love. We got to love each other and, uh, and, and accept their sins. Because we love them and protect them and, and, and um, support them on their sin. 
because love is love. And it sounds, wow, logical. Like, you think about it, oh, love is love, yeah, love is love. But it's very deceiving. But what's the word of God saying to us? The word of God says that God is love. God is love. Anything, any practice that is that they say they are doing it with love, but rejects God, is not love. It's not real love. And that's the influence that I'm talking about in us. That's, and again, an example. The, the world will try to deceive us with things that are very hard sometimes to discern. Now, this thing is pretty much easy to discern, but there are even harder things to discern. But are we standing in what the Word of God says? Are we believing more to the way the world thinks or to the way God thinks? Amen? Now, like I said, of course we can still have relationship with sinners and unbelievers and, and all kind of people. Amen? There is only one condition that the Lord is giving uh, uh, to us today. Jeremiah 15, 19 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, If you return, then I will bring you back. You shall stand before me. If you take the precious from the vial, you shall be as my mouth. The last two lines said, say, let them return to you, but you must not, must not return to them. Amen? Don't let them influence you. Be there for them. Yeah, be there for the unbeliever. When, whenever an unbeliever friend calls you asking for something good, right? Not, not to go and, and, and get drunk. No, I'm talking about, hey, if your unbeliever friend, unbelieving, unbeliever friend is going through a depression and he needs somebody, be there for him, be there for her. Just go. Is he having financial struggles? And you have the, the, the possibility of helping? Go and help. Not that you're going to give him or her money for drinking, but at least for food, okay? You, you can buy some groceries for, for him, for them, right? If they just need whatever, every single opportunity, just to make the, the, the long story short, every single opportunity, we have to go and influence them, to go and share the gospel with them. Let's go and do it. But whenever... They are calling us, hey, let's go to party. Hey, let, let's go and, and, and have some alcoholic drinks. Hey, let's go and do this. And whatever is sinful, say no. That is not of God, or just say no, or whatever. You know how to deal with it. The Lord will give you the, the wisdom, but don't let them or don't let the world to influence you. Amen? Okay, now just to, um, I'm sorry, to, to finish the, 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 um, the message, uh, today's message, 
When we leave the things of the world behind, then we receive all we need in, um, in, in, in God's embrace. The, the Lord will provide everything to us. So it's not that I, I am leaving everything behind for nothing. It's not that, okay, I'm, I'm losing things, but I am not getting new things. No, 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 no. The word says that whenever you leave things behind, you will get better things. Something even better is coming to your life. Always. Sometimes in ways we don't understand at the, at the time, at the present time, but then after months or, or years, we realize, okay, that was the best thing to happen. When you think about whatever happened three years ago, something that the Lord wanted you to do, but you didn't like it. Sometimes we don't like the will of the Lord. Of the Lord. It is normal because we're flesh, right? One day we will be in heaven. We will have a perfect body and we will understand things in a better way and we will always delight in his will. But right now in this flesh, sometimes we struggle. Lord, and, and, and again, I think about Lord saying, Lord, you have blessed me with so many things. You made me rich and now... Am I, am I losing all these years of uh, worth of, of work? Why? I'm sure he was struggling with that, but at some point he had to make the decision, right? But hey, I'm sure he was he was blessed, and uh, well, it's it's a long story, but basically God after that used Lot to make a new a new nation, we can call it. So. 2 Corinthians 16, 6, 17, and 18 says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what it is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. It's not like live everything behind to have an empty life no it's leave everything behind and come to me and get a new life a better life come and get love wisdom joy i don't know miracles forgiveness salvation prosperity we believe in prosperity in this church amen the real prosperity that the lord wants to give you right that your finances will prosper that your soul will prosper that your family will prosper that your spiritual life will prosper not only about money that you can find it in god if you have a desire for prosperity the lord can give that to you if you want peace the lord can give that to you if you want joy if you want whatever you want according to his will of course we got to think about his will always the Lord has the power to give it to you. And I am sure that he has the heart to give it to you. He's a, a giving God. He's a father. He likes to give. Amen. So I just want to uh, finish this message with a prayer. I want you guys to uh, close your, your eyes. I want to I wanna do the sinner's prayer. 
and I want the worship team uh, to, to get ready for, for, to worship before we leave. But right now, if there is somebody here or online that they say, I want to leave everything behind, I want to get out among them, I want to be separate from the world, and, and, I, and I, now I want to give my life to the Lord, this is the time. This is the time that uh, you will repent of your sins and recognize, hey, you know what, Lord? I've been a sinner all this time away from you. Give me a new opportunity, Lord. Give me a new chance. So if there is somebody here or online that, uh, that is having that heart, I, I wanted to, to um, just do a little, a little prayer. Now I want everybody here to close uh, our eyes and repeat with me. Dear God, I repent of my sins and I want a new life. Forgive me of my sins and give me your salvation. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I want to live for you forever in eternity. Amen. If you make this prayer with your heart, believing in Jesus, believing that he died for you, that he wants to save you, that he loves you, if you confess that thought you have in your heart, then now you have started your way. You have started your way out of Sodom into heaven, out of the world into God. So I'm sure that for anyone that made that prayer, the angels are celebrating now in heaven that a new sinner has repented and has been saved. Amen? Now, um, I want to I wanna just pray for those that are saying, hey, you know, Pastor Nathan, I, I have to recognize sometimes, and this is many of us, even myself, sometimes I struggle, of course, saying, oh, yeah, I really have sometimes a desire for what I used to have, for what the Lord asked me to, to leave behind, but... Uh, but maybe somebody says, but I need prayer. I need that the Holy Spirit will comfort me, that the Holy Spirit will give me the strength to, to, um, to uh, not look back anymore and to forget or to get over the past and go on with my present and future in the Lord. So let's, uh, let's uh, just stand up for a while. Let's pray. I'll pray for you guys. As the worship team uh, uh, plays a song there before we, we can get in, into, into worship. Father God, I just, I just thank you, Lord, for this time. You're an awesome God. Thank you, Lord, because you, you gave us the option to be saved. And it's now of us to accept it or reject it or disregard it or whatever. But I just pray, dear God... That you will help me, you will help my brothers and sisters in this place. That we won't look behind, Lord. That we won't have a desire for whatever we lost. For whatever we have to, to leave behind. 
or for the, or for whatever place that I have to that I had to uh, um, get out of. I just pray, dear God, that Your Holy Spirit will comfort our hearts. I just pray, Father God, that Your Holy Spirit will just give us uh, the hope, the faith, uh, the the favor the grace that we need, Lord, to go on. Help us to go on, Lord. There are better things that are coming, Lord. Help us to understand that. Help us to not forget, dear Jesus, that you paid on the cross with your blood that we will have every day a better and better life, Lord. That we won't forget that in you, We'll have way more than what we used to have before you, Lord. And I'm not talking, Lord, only material things, but the love, the peace, the mercy, the grace, the joy, all the blessings, Lord, salvation that can only be found in you, Lord. So I just thank you, Lord. And I now pray blessings on my brothers and sisters. I pray, dear God, that your power will be them uh, through the week and through the, the, uh, their lives, their entire lives. Lord, you know the struggles they might be uh, going through. I don't know them. I don't have the capacity, Lord, to, to know it all. But you do. And I pray, Lord, that um, as, they, as they feel things are getting harder, that they will have the, the wisdom to come in prayer in their secret place read the bible pray to you that they will lord have a have a desire to have a close relationship with you lord so i just uh, thank you lord in jesus name i pray and i and I'm, i'm asking the the elders and pastor joel to come here we'll be here if you need prayer you can come to the altar and uh As, and if not, if you just want to worship, you just stay in your place uh, and, and worship the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.